Welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. The e-commerce podcast is all about helping you deliver e-commerce well. And I am super excited with today's guest, who is David Perry from Caro. Now, one of the things that I am wanting to start doing here on the podcast is give a shout out to past guests and episodes. And given that we are today talking about how to level up your search for ideal influencers, today I thought it would be great to mention uh, past podcasts. So here we go. Cody Wittick, why giving away stuff always leads to more sales and influencer marketing. Check out that episode alongside David uh, Morneo, uh, why you should be using micro influencer marketing and how to do it properly. Two great episodes that time with this topic and a big shout out to both David uh, and also to Cody. Yes, absolutely. Now, this episode is brought to you by the e-commerce cohort, which helps you deliver e-commerce well to your customers. What is cohort, I hear you say? Well, I'm sure you've come across a bunch of folks stuck with their e-commerce businesses, or they've got siloed into working on just one or two areas of their business and miss the whole big picture. Well, enter the e-commerce cohort to solve this particular problem. It's a lightweight membership group with guided monthly sprints that cycle through all the key areas of e-commerce. The sole purpose of Cohort is to provide you with clear, actionable jobs to be done so you'll know what to work on and with the support to get those things done. So whether you're just starting out in e-commerce or if you're like me, a well-established e-commercer, uh, then I can encourage you definitely to check it out at ecommercecohort.com as it's gearing up for its founding member launch. So there's some incredible offers that you can take advantage of and you can also email me directly at matt at ecommercepodcast.net with any questions because let me tell you, we are super proud of the e-commerce cohort. Yes, we are. So let's jump into today's uh, special guest, David Perry, who is the CEO of Caro, which is a new e-commerce partnership framework. And it is remarkable, let me tell you. With over 30,000 Shopify brands using the service, Caro helps brands get attention, sales and new customers by partnering with other brands in the network. Sony PlayStation acquired Perry's previous company. Can you believe that? And he's he knows what he's doing, right, to establish the leadership uh, in the, the future of streaming video games from the cloud, a service now called PlayStation Now. Now called PlayStation Now? It's called PlayStation Now. Anyway, David is no stranger to success. That's the bottom line. That's what we're trying to tell you here. He has been one of the driving forces behind some of the most innovative gaming technology to date. We do get into this a little bit, actually. His work uh, has helped shape the future of gaming as we know it. So you can't wait to see how he's applied his learning to e-commerce and Caro and all the clever things it does. Stay tuned. Here is my conversation with David. So, David, thank you so much for joining me on the e-commerce podcast. Great to have you in the, well, at least in the virtual room. Uh, I'm still flabbergasted by the technology that allows me to see you from the other side of the world. Um, 
and talk. Uh, very Chris, and you were mentioning before we started recording that you've got AI voice processing on your audio feed. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really stunning. My 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 mother lives in England, and so back in the old days, I would call her up, and it would cost me around fourteen dollars here in the U.S. just to call her up and say hello. <laughs> and uh, and here we are now with AI, you know, voice uh, cleaning, so you can't hear me typing or the dogs barking at me. And uh, you know, you've got this free data stream. It's ridiculous. I mean, it, it's it is pretty amazing to think about what it's going to be like in the future, right? What are they going to do next? Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm hoping for teleportation. That would be my dream. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think uh, um, Meta's working on it, right? They want to. <laughs> we're all going to be sitting here in VR helmets, um, and that will be it. Yeah, be amazing. <laughs> we'll never move again. <laughs> you, yeah. know, you know what's really funny is that actually happened to me. I was in bed one night. Um, and I put on a VR headset and I was at a rave and there was all this confetti falling and lasers and people dancing all around me. And then I took the VR headset and off and I was back in the bedroom and I'm like, I'm going back to the rave. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what, what VR is going to do. It's, wow. just gonna be like, it's better there than it is in here. So. Yeah. And there's, there's all those movies that have come out about this, haven't they? Uh, I mean, just creating these sort of virtual world environments. Uh, where it's it's much better. I've the the one that I've enjoyed recent, not recently, it's a few years old now. Is the Ready Player One movie? I don't know if you saw that based yeah, on the book. Yeah. And I liked it because yep. of all the eighties, you know, references. Basically, it was basically an eighties film uh, sort of brought forward. But yeah, you can see it coming. You can see it coming now. I mean, my kids are glued to their phones as it is. Give them a virtual reality headset. That's it. They're never coming out, right? Yeah. No, I was I was literally I was one time there was a a person um, explaining about some um, some sort of temple space in in Syria, some kind of uh, very religious space. Mm. And it, this person kept walking around me. It was actually annoying me because, again, I was sitting in bed going, stop walking around me. I can't, <laughs> uh, you know, I, like I just want to see this. And then he said, oh, but we're going to go into this room now, you know, in VR that, mm. that, that people can't go into. So, wait, if I fly there, I can't see this, but I can from my bed. Wow. <laughs> like, what is that? That, you know, that, that idea of access it's also very interesting, right? Yeah, that's incredible, that's isn't fine. it? That's incredible. So basically, is your life just doing VR from from bed, raves and temples? Yeah, that's all I do. I just <laughs> I just go to bed and, and, uh, and do VR and uh, connect to the matrix. That's what I do. <laughs> connect to the matrix. That's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. Uh, dear. Um, well, I mean, I I could wax lyrical about this all night. It'd be quite an interesting conversation. But let's sort of turn our attention to. Um, the main topic while we're here, we're going to talk about influencer marketing. We're going to talk about your company and what it does. Uh, we're going to talk about um, the different ideas and thoughts that you have around this whole thing. Um, but one of the things that I remember from our pre-call when we were discussing this was your journey is not, it's not a traditional journey, is it, from sort of where you were to where you are? No, no, definitely not. Um, yeah, I, I grew up in Northern Ireland and um, I, I got very interested in video games, but video games wasn't really a thing there. And so for me to actually really get moving, I had to move to England. And so I ended up leaving high school just to go straight to England mm -hmm. um, and start making video games. And uh, that worked out great. I mean, it was such a risk because what the heck was the video game industry at that point? The games were the, 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 the Sinclair ZX81 was out with oh, little black that and white what, They're the video games we're talking about. Okay. Yeah, no, I was making games for the, the ZX81, 1K of memory, right? I mean, it's, 
again, it's it's kind of ridiculous when you think about it. The whole yeah. game was 1K. Today, an icon on the screen is 3, 4K. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just an icon. We somehow put an entire uh, video game. We could put multiple video games um, for that. So that was and that that's just how insane it's been. But the England was definitely a great choice because in 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 the world of video games, a lot of people were playing with consoles. Um, where they just had joysticks, they didn't have keyboards. In mm-hmm. England, the, the devices we had were very much focused on on all having keyboards, pretty much Amstrads, Sinclairs, um, of course, Commodore 64, VIC-20, things like that. They were all yeah. keyboard-based, so we're all learning how to program. And uh, they call them bedroom coders because there were so many of them at the time. And so I was one mm-hmm. of those bedroom coders. But I ended up um, realizing, hmm, this it's going really well in England. Um but I got an offer to do a contract in California. And when you live in England, the you know, as a kid, the idea of California <laughs> is pretty, yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty romantic, right? And so I'm yeah, on my way. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and so once I got there and I, I sort of I fell in love with the place, then I, I, I didn't end up going back. Um, and so ultimately, that's how I ended up in the U.S. But the, the video game industry just exploded. And so yeah. I was riding that wave. Um, what I learned from the industry is branding was very important. And that's sort of a bit of a theme in my career is, is you know, I always want to do the things I want to do. But at the end of the day, you have to some sometime just go, you know, what is really going on? And, and what I found is when you watch kids purchasing games, their hands tend to go towards the things they've heard about. It's just, it's just psychology, right? Yeah. So their hands like this, and then boom, they go to some brand that you've heard of. And, um, and so I realized that by doing branded games, it would help my career a lot. And, I, and, I, and so that's where I focused. I ended up, the first one I did was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles went straight to number one. No way. And, it, and it, it's like a hit-driven hit uh, industry. So when yeah. you get a hit, people want to work with you. And so, you know, I did the Terminator for, for James Cameron. The, um, I did um, Aladdin for Disney. Um, the Matrix for the Wachowskis and Warner Brothers. Wow. And so... You know, each time you do a, a sort of a hit brand thing, your career just goes mental. You're doing lots of speeches, lots of presentations. I even had a funny one when we were, were almost done with the Matrix. I got a call, and this guy's like, um, Michael Jackson would like you to drive up to Neverland and let no. him play the music before it launches. Is that possible? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm on my way. <laughs> so, so I go up there, and, and you know, I, I get to spend um, time with him. We end up agreeing to start to work on a video game together so it was it was crazy um how the game industry um when i first joined and when i first moved to america most of the people who run companies are old and they don't like the video game industry they had no interest they never grew Mm -hmm. up with it but all those people have moved on and now everyone in every position uh every sports uh celebrity you know, every movie star, all of these people have grown up through the ages of, of you know, having arcade machines and things like that. Mm. And so the game industry is welcome everywhere now that it wasn't before. And so I got to enjoy all of that. My last, wow. my last company was bought by Sony PlayStation. Um, the one before that was bought by Atari. And so I got an Atari business card for a while, which is the best business card ever. <laughs> Wherever you go, wherever you go. Um, yeah. I remember once a, a funny thing is, um, when you, uh, in the U S if you want to be able to travel very easily, they have a special sort of card for that. Yeah. You have to go and get interviewed by the immigration people. And 
I, I, they, they, they want to do an interview and they, you have to get prepared for this. And so I went to see them and they saw my Atari business card and they just immediately started gushing about Atari. And then, then it was over. The, the meeting was over and I'm like, <laughs> you didn't even ask a question. <laughs> the easiest just, way to it, get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Time and time again, it was just such a, a valuable uh, um, piece of intellectual property. But ultimately the game industry, um, you know, did sort of help me out a lot, but I ended up sort of semi-retiring and building this huge man cave with woodworking and metalworking and 3D mm -hmm. printing and photo studio and arcade machines, everything. Um, and that's where I was going to be spending my days. And I was so looking forward to that. But but somehow I got very interested um, when I was taking pictures. Nobody really cared about them unless I took pictures of social media influencers. And then, then you get lots and lots of feedback. Yeah. Everyone wants yeah. to meet them. And so I realized the power of these people mm -hmm. is just so profoundly different, which is exactly like the branding I'd learned about before, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is, yeah. you know, it's just such, I, I could make a game called Jumpy Boy and nobody cares, you know, but if I, if I make something like The Matrix, then boom, you've got a number one hit. Yeah. And so it this is the this same is, game, just the name on the yeah, box changes everything, absolutely. right? It's everything. So it's the same thing with the influencers. The influencers um, are much more powerful than I think people really understand because a lot of the, the the celebrities today, like they might have made a movie or something, that's great, and they're really famous. But but these influencers with you know twenty million followers, we have some twenty six million followers, are talking to their audience every day. That mm. that's just such a profoundly different situation when you have that level. They they yeah. know they know them like their friends, meaning they know their dogs and what they mm. eat and you know every what where they are for vacation right now <laughs> you know what I mean? they know they're on the beach right now because yeah. they they just saw the post and so it's kind of fascinating to 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 uh sort of see that space and i, I just couldn't resist it and so i ended up um i i met an entrepreneur um uh his name jason goldberg and the two of us decided to to have a go at this and the idea was to create authentic influencer marketing that was our first thought um and what does that mean? Well, that means that instead of trying to, to sort of trouble influencers, like go on, imagine you go online and just start troubling influencers. Um, well, that's, that's how most people do it, right? Yeah. It's not interesting to them. Excuse it's me, Mr. Influencer, will you please repost my post or can I send you a product? Well, it's usually worse it? than, it's worse. They usually think they're on like a billboard. So here's what I want you to say. Here's what I, I don't trust you to, to come up with what, mm -hmm. what you're going to say. So I'm going to tell you what to say. I'm going to tell you when to say it. You can't use any of my competitors' products anymore. You're going to post it at this time, yada, yada, yada. And, and, and it's, at the end of the day, that becomes kind of, they're, they're misunderstanding what these are. These are content creators that are incredibly successful because they're so good at it. Mm -hmm. And they're actually better than the brand. The brand doesn't have the same following that they have. Um, and so to some extent, that's that's the thing is that if you can... So what we did is we thought maybe there's a way we can help work out which influencers like which brands, and we found a way to do that. And so ultimately, mm -hmm. the result was when you reach out to an influencer that likes your brand, it's very different, the response. It's, you know, because yeah. the makeup, your makeup is on their face. Like they are... They love your makeup. They buy it all the time. And now you're reaching out to them like, oh my God, I love your brand. I've been buying your products for ages. Yeah. That's an authentic relationship. And so we built a platform called Caro, C-A-R-R-O, um, on Shopify for, for all the brands on Shopify. There's about 2 million brands on there. Mm -hmm. And um, and the idea was just to make that absolutely effortless. And Facebook ended up writing, an, sorry, Meta ended up writing an article on it. <laughs> um, uh, they, they said it was a success story because... It was authentic. And, and I think that's the, mm. the key word that you really want to think about. 
Well, that was well, the word that jumped out to me when you were, I mean, I, I, when you said um, in, influencer marketing, everyone's used the phrase influencer marketing, but then you've thrown this word authentic, which is quite a, I want to say trendy word, um, maybe slightly overused word a few years ago. Um, you know, everyone's got to be authentic, man. Um, yeah. As an excuse for being lazy in some respects. But do you know what I mean? It was this kind of fad, wasn't it? But um, so when you talk about authentic influencer marketing, is that what you're talking about? You're talking about actually reaching out to influencers that really care about your brand, that are genuinely authentically interested in, in what you're doing as a company. Yeah, that's that's the core piece of it. The response is night and day different. Mm. Um, one of the one of the things that happens today is when an influencer writes about something that they've been treated like a billboard and they're not happy about it, they end up deleting the post the minute they legally can. So yeah. literally, when the contract says this must stay up X months or whatever, then it's deleted immediately. Um, and that's because they don't want it in their feed. Yeah. And sometimes you'll see them take a picture where they put their face by something and just take the picture, which I think is funny. Like it's so, they're so not interested. It's like, just take the damn picture because <laughs> yeah. they just have to do it. They don't want to do it, but they're just doing it because they have to. That's, that's what we're trying to get away from. But the reason it's important is if I, I just went to a, a marketing conference on the weekend called geek out. And, um, and it's, it's a room full of marketing experts that, 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 that give speeches. And I was like a fly on the wall, just, like it's like drinking through a fire hose, right? Because these, when you get into the right rooms, these people actually share what's yeah. really going on. This is yeah. not some big mega conference where everyone's like trying to protect what they're up to. These are the guys literally telling each other, "Here's what I'm doing, and here's how I'm doing it. And this is what's working. Yeah. And this is not working." And each of them have a slide, which is the iOS 14 slide, and how that broke everything. Yeah. And so when iOS 14 came out and Apple started, uh, you know, stopped tracking, um, the idea was it. You know, it's great for privacy, but it, it really hurts. Um, yeah, you know, it's advertising. Yeah, um, tracking. So, so they realize that influencer marketing is going to become just a critical piece. And mm. so, what's happening is influencer marketing is about to change because it's becoming um, social commerce. And social commerce means that you're actually transacting in the feed. And so that you're seeing that today, but what you don't realize generally is you're just seeing the beginning of it. Like these are just mm. the first people to get to do it, and they're actually in a way restricting access and. They're rolling it out, but mm. in the future, you can just assume that the purchasing you do will be in the feed, and 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 the idea is to make it effortless, right? Yeah. So if you've already got Shop Pay, which most people have at this point, um, you know, once you've paid, then then completing the transaction is like click click, and you're done. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, this is a an old concept, but uh, years ago, it's funny. Bill Gates wrote a book. I think it was called Business at the Speed of Thought or something like that. But the idea was. That, that you're you're able to to you know transact mm. um you know on an impulse basis within yeah. your social media is is really great for brands and so yeah. that's that's the future of how they work with influencers it'll be interesting i mean you, we've seen it i guess in the last year or two haven't we with shopping on instagram you know you can you can start to do some of these features now and pinterest yeah. getting a bit more interested in it and it seems to me, if, if I was going to be a social platform like Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and I was the owner of that, I would, I would be like, I'd be looking at Amazon going, well, one in two transactions are going through their platform. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to screw that right up. I'm going to go and get a whole bunch of those transactions because we can now do this on the social platform. And you, do, you, you just, it becomes another marketplace. It becomes another channel for any, anybody selling, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, then it so did it does change then how you do marketing on that platform or how you think about your brand and product on that platform. 
Oh yeah, it's a totally different world, and uh, and so the marketing teams are going to need to evolve to embrace this properly. Um, so what happened to us was we realized this is great. We've worked out how to get a- attention for brands, um, but sales are even more important. So what can we do to get sales? And sales, um, we came up with this idea of, imagine you're at a marketing conference and every single presentation talks about trying to get cost of advertising down. Mm-hmm. The, they call it the ROAS, the return on ad spend. Yeah. So can you get that down? What can you do? What are my what are my techniques and all the rest of it? But what we did as a company is we said, look, if you get brands working together, we have 30,000 brands installed on our platform right now. Together, they have 350 million visitors a month. That's quite a lot of people, you know? Mm-hmm. And when we get to uh, 60,000 brands, what, that'd be 700,000 people a month? Mm-hmm. Uh, or 700 million people a month. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of people. So what, what if, um, if, you, if you make a product like a helmet, can you put your helmet into a bike store and who, who has their own traffic and get their traffic for free? And so that's, that's, that's where our heads went. Wouldn't it be cool if you just partnered with people and then you get their traffic free for free forever, right? For free forever, as long as that relationship lasts. Yeah. And, uh, and the more partnerships you create, skateboard stores, anyone that needs helmets anywhere, um, you're going to end up getting their traffic um, for free. It, it is literally... It's funny because even at a marketing conference, nobody talked about that. That was not a a subject of, of conversation yet. I think it will be. Um, I think you're going to hear a lot more about that in the yeah, next. Yeah, I think months. I think you are, and I think, I mean, again, uh, this whole idea behind um, what you're doing. I mean, I do want to get into that and, and sort of pick your brains about it a little bit. Um, uh, the ability to for the for the guy to sell the bike helmets on the bike shop and and, and we'll talk about that uh but before we get into it uh, because it's really useful stuff now seems to be an appropriate time to hear from this week's show sponsor hey there are you a business owner here at orion digital we know firsthand that running an e-commerce business can be really hard work as the online space gets more competitive it is becoming even more challenging to stay ahead of the curve we totally get it so we want to help you succeed by offering a wide range of services from fulfillment, marketing, customer service, and even coaching and consulting, just so that you can do what matters most. Save yourself the time and the money and let us handle the day-to-day tasks. This way, you can run your business without having to worry about the boring stuff. So what do you say? Are we a good fit for each other? Come check us out at oriondigital.com and let us know what you think. Well, big shout out, big thanks to uh, our show sponsors. I'm back here with David talking about all things. So before I, we, we sort of started on this track of influencer marketing, buying on different platforms, and, and we sort of moved on slightly now to, um, let's say you manufacture bike helmets. Um, you can take advantage of the traffic, which is on that bike website over there and that skateboard website over there for free, as long as you maintain that relationship and sell your product through those um, websites, which is, if I'm understanding this right, David, that's where your platform comes in. This is a sort of an idea that you've, I guess you've sort of joined drop shipping and social media sort of influences ideas and a few other bits and bobs. You've put them into a big shaker, shook them up and out has come this sort of really interesting idea. Why don't you explain it um, in, in layman's terms? Yeah, so so this first idea is, can you push your products into someone else's traffic? That means when they sell your helmet, 
um, what we'll do is we'll actually just, because everyone's installed on our platform, when the helmet sells, we can actually generate the order for you, mm-hmm. the helmet company, and you can do the, the, the shipping. Um, why does that matter? Well, it's pretty cool if the helmet never moves until it sells. Yeah. So today, the market isn't very efficient because someone has to try to guess which helmets are going to sell, buy them from the, the people who create the helmets, move them through freight to some warehouse somewhere, have people touching it, which costs money, storing it, insuring it. And then when it sells, um, ship it from that location. Um, the idea, uh, which means it gets shipped twice, right? So it's, it's been yeah. freighted and shipped and handled. Um, so the concept is it just it saves more margin. But we basically broke this puzzle down into two key pieces. One was it would be really great if there was a way to um, to get attention for your products and get sales that are effectively coming out of nowhere. You didn't have this channel before. This wasn't technically possible. We call it virtual wholesale. So you're virtually putting your products yeah. into other people's stores. But the second part of it is, let's say you're the bike store. Well, you just got helmets, right? You didn't have those helmets before. Now you do. You you might have bought a few different colors in in the in the in the standard sizes, but um, with this technology, because we're actually literally wiring the two stores together, what's actually occurring is now you have all the helmets and all the colors and all the sizes instantly without paying a dollar. And and so when when you've when you've done that for the first time and you go, wait a minute, what? This I mean, it actually works. Like you have mm. suddenly all the helmets and all the colors and all the sizes, and you can sell them. Um, so then you start going, well, what else do you have? Do you have gloves by any chance? Because we, we need some gloves. And do you have any any lights or locks? or or? And, and they start adding category after category. So some bike stores have 10 new categories because of this, because they realize um, that there's one called State Bicycle is a great example. If you go there, you won't be able to tell what we're, what we're doing and what we're not doing on their store. They just have tons of categories, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's what's so cool about it is because it's creating this this partnership, um, our tagline is sell more together. But but why does it matter is because your average order value increases if you add a helmet and gloves and a yeah. lock, right, with the bike. If your average order value increases, it actually gives more money to your marketing team. Yeah. So, what, you know, it costs, I mean, that's the basic equation of e-commerce is what does it cost to get a customer, yeah. right? And how much money did you make from them when they arrived? It better be more. Yeah, <laughs> or, that needs to be a else. positive differential. There yeah. are tons and tons of e-commerce businesses that everyone that buys helps kill their company more, right? Because yeah. everyone that they bring in for, for I don't know, $50 and they spend $20, it's game over. So yeah. what can we do to help increase that average order value? And the answer is by, by adding other products. And when, when brands start to get creative with this, we've seen some really clever ones. There's one there's a brand called Blendjet who, um, who make a blender and, and it's a cool blender that you blend right before you drink. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but they wanted to sell what goes in the blender. So they created a marketplace and, and and we connected them to companies like Oatly who do oat milk. So you can have all these different ingredients. They didn't have refri- refrigerated warehousing. So they're not, not going to ever have all of this stuff, um, especially from, from big brands like that. The ability to suddenly have all of that in their own marketplace is, is very cool. But then they had, then they had, it's, it's funny. I see this time and time again with business is, but what about offering a subscription to the, your favorite things that go in the blender? And people will, will pay for that because they actually want mm-hmm. – the one thing I learned from the game industry, people are always looking for the easier way to do something. They want to save time. Like do yeah. you want to walk 
two miles or 10 miles or 20 miles, or do you want to ride a horse? Right. And you know, they want the mm-hmm. horse. And so that's, that's basically, if you can make it easier for people, they will do it. And, but if you sign a subscription, that's worth way more as a lifetime value or as, yeah. or as an average order value. Um, so it's, it's the kind of thing that we we're loving sort of seeing how people do this. Another example is let's say Halloween's coming or Valentine's day. What if you wanted to make a pop-up store in your own store with lots of products dedicated to that idea without paying a single cent for any of it, mm-hmm. right? So now you have all these products which yeah. you've curated for your audience for that period of time, and you can take the store down whenever the holiday's over, but in reality, it, it's cost you nothing. And so yeah. another example is Black Friday. Um, I live by the coast in in uh, in California, and and currently there's a really bad supply problems in in the ports like trying to get ships into the ports and mm-hmm. so they were all bunched up in long beach um and, and there was aerial shots where it's were incredibly embarrassing to the government because you could see all these ships just piled up and all they've done is made them spread them out down the coast and so now you see these ships all the way down the coast um but those those supply chain problems are real like that's a mm-hmm. real um issue for it's brands issue. yeah so, so imagine something doesn't arrive well what are you what are you going to do like you just you've got out of stock all over your website mm-hmm. that's terrible so you can augment that by adding um, um brands from partners our products from partners i mean in, in some respects it sounds really fascinating you know I've, i i'm the guy with the bike shop and now it's becoming really easy to go and get products to um put on my website that i don't have to have in stock um uh, but I can put all of those products with some kind of technical wizardry. The whole interface becomes straightforward and easy. Um, and I get that. I understand that. I guess one question that is immediately obvious here, David, is how is that different to, say, drop shipping? So me going and getting, you know, bike helmets, just taking pictures off, I don't know, Alibaba or something like that, AliExpress, I don't know, um, and putting those on my website. Well, there's a couple of steps. So first of all, um, regular drop shipping tends to come from China. It's just the way it is, right? Um, and it can be weeks before something shows up, and it usually shows up in a little plastic bag that's being beat up crazily, and uh, and the product is unbranded. It's some, you know, you're buying a blue hat or something like that. Um, that's not generally what motivates people. It, it, they're usually in love with a certain brand. There's a brand they, they really care about, um, and you know they like that company. They want to keep using their products. And so what we've done effectively is get get real brands to actually work together, not, um, you know, not unknown, unnamed. It's not just a case of just trying to sell white socks. That's more where Amazon's heading, I believe, which is, yeah. is they're going towards what are the cheapest white socks you can possibly create? And we'll, we'll have them shipped directly from China and we'll, we'll put a Amazon private label on them and no one will be able to compete against us. That's, that's where Amazon I think is actually headed. And so this That's idea a really that- interesting prediction. Uh, I mean, watch this space. I, I, I have some I have to say I have some resonance with that, you know, and it, it's becoming more and more like that. And and the, it, it's been interesting with your supply chain issues, especially in the States, um, that it has hit Amazon hard that and COVID. They've not been able to staff the warehouses and get stuff out. There seems to be quite a big shift uh, in people's thinking now about Amazon. Uh, which I find quite fascinating. So you can see the problems on the horizon. And I mean, the problems are already there and people are kind of going, yeah, okay, now now we're sort of paying a bit more attention to them, aren't they really? Well, what, I, what I'd what say to brands is um, I found um, an item on that Amazon is selling, which is, is leather stamps. So if you want to stamp the letter A into leather, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, a little brass things that you can hit with a hammer mm-hmm. and you got a letter A. Amazon now makes their own leather stamps. And so what I say to brands is whatever category you're in, how safe do you feel now that they decided to go after leather stamps? It's <laughs> <laughs> a very good question. That's about, I mean, they make vacuum you're cleaners. feeling safe now. You know, yeah, you're, yeah. you're doing really good with your white shirts. Yeah. Good luck with yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, all the best. They're on their way. And what they do, which, which is different. So in the United States, we have um, a, a store called Costco. Um, that is just enormous. Yeah. And Costco is so successful. Internally, they, they're actually making their own products and they put a brand on it called Kirkland. Mm-hmm. And so it's perfectly okay. You're walking around Costco and there's Kirkland all over the place. And 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 that's fine. Um, a- Amazon started the same path. So you saw Amazon Basics and Amazon mm-hmm. Essentials. And that's fine. So they were doing the same thing. But then they they got kind of smart about it and they started creating things like Presto and Presto toilet paper and things like that. So they've they've got all these private labels. They have a whole list of them now. Mm-hmm. So you can't tell anymore. You actually, yeah. if you're like shopping on Amazon, now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. you cannot tell if you're buying Amazon products. They are yeah. not signaling that to you. And so um, that's why. So the second thing that's interesting is they have um, uh, they have all of the reviews. And mm-hmm. so you go, well, what's, what's the big deal about that? Well, hold on. Imagine you're in coffee presses and they want to do a, a coffee press. What they do is they, they send the reviews to their manufacturer and say, fix all of these issues mm-hmm. um, and we'll bring it out for, you know, half the price. Mm-hmm. So, cause we're going to order a lot, right? So yeah. ultimately they end up, they end up using the reviews to, to give them leverage over the people that are already there mm-hmm. and, and then they reduce it. This is, this is what, um, this is what I'm seeing and hearing is uh, is is concern that that um, and, and I have personally no issue with it because that's Amazon's platform. They can do whatever they yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. They've got the data. Oh, yeah, Why would yeah. they not? You know, it's a business. But, yeah, yeah. But if you're a, a brand trying to build your own customer base, mm. etc., um, you can't actually do it on Amazon because they own all the customers. And so that's yeah. really where the story goes with us. Is we had this epiphany that that's occurred with influencers too. You go, hold on a minute. So let me get this straight. Influencers have a lot of followers, but they don't have customers. They have followers, right? Followers are great, but customers are better. And then you go, well, well, which influencers have customers? Kim Kardashian does. She's got Skims, which is worth over $3 billion. Rihanna Fenta Beauty, over $2 billion. She's found a way to get her followers to turn into customers that Mm -hmm. she owns, right? And that idea of, of having customers, I think, is the game changer. That's the big chess move that's coming. So... What that means is today, I would say less than 1% of influencers have customers. They've been, for all these years, they've been sending all their clicks off to somebody else mm-hmm. who, who's more than happy to keep all their customers. So Amazon has been, has been getting influencer clicks for years. And, and again, all those just become Amazon customers. Um, but even the merch deals. So I've talked to influencers and they're like, oh, it's so exciting. I've got a merch mm-hmm. deal. And I'm like, but you don't have any customers, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. At the end of the day, the merch company keeps all the customers. So this is this is going to change. And, and the way it's going to change, again, is social commerce. So the influencers will sell in their feed. The one thing they're missing today is the technology to allow them to actually keep the customer. And to do that, you actually only need to sign up for Shopify. And Shopify, you know, it's thirty dollars a month. You know, we're even we're yeah. working on ways to get that down to to to, to less like ten dollars for what we need to do. And ultimately, the idea is just to give them somewhere to store their customers. They just need a storage bay to put all their customers into, so they can 
Uh, now imagine you are great at selling e-bikes and you've sold a hundred thousand of them. You become so valuable in the e-bike industry, <laughs> right? Cause now you've got, you're the only influencer with a database of actual customers that buy e-bikes. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so they're literally going to squabble over it. So I see a bit of a wild west coming where, where you're going to be staking out ground as influencers and brands are going to be fighting over being that, that cause yeah. the one thing with influencers yeah. is that you can't put in 20 e-bikes cause that's not authentic. Right. You have to stand by the ones that you really like. And so there's going to be a whole, I mean, if you think about that in every dimension for every product category, it's going to be. Oh, you um, totally can. And to be honest with you, as you mentioned e-bikes, David, I, I did a three videos, I think maybe four, I can't remember, three or four videos a few years ago on a particular e-bike. Uh, it was a small little company at the time. It's, I mean, it's blown up now and I really like their bike. Well, those combined views, well over a hundred thousand views on YouTube. Um, a lot of questions, a lot of people interested. I'm like, well, if I'd have if I'd have listened to you, I'd have got a Shopify store, I'd have put those e-bikes on the store using your system because it's the brands that I was interested in. Put the bikes yeah. on there. I don't have to pay for stock. The bike companies are going to ship them. I just have to review them, keep pumping the content out there. Well, I, there's there's a fair chunk of cash in, a, in an e-bike, so you know you, it would have been a reasonable source of income to make. Um, so I can see what you're talking about. So you've got this system which bridges now brands with influencers as well as bridging brands with other brands who are selling similar products. Um, but I, I see what you're, where you're going now, that actually influencers themselves will now start to set up their own stores and retain their customers and sell um, much more than doing what we used to do on YouTube videos, you know, if you thought you're going to get a few flicks, this was recorded with this camera, here's an Amazon link and you get, you know, three P if one ever was bought or something like yeah. that. That's really yeah, so clever. Isn't it is a question for an influencer? Like, are you serious? Like, do you really want to be an influencer? Like if you're serious, mm-hmm. you got to change gears. It's mm-hmm. time. You can't, you can't just keep doing that forever. You, you need to, if you want to end up, with an exit, right? Like you own something, you've created mm-hmm. an asset of value. If you're just sending all your clicks somewhere else, um, you know, um, affiliate deals aren't aren't just aren't the way aren't, aren't the, the way to go to do in it the future. And so no, it's really powerful. I can see uh, why you're excited by it, and I can see why other people are excited by the possibility. As long as you can keep getting the brands on board um, and keep connecting the influencers, I can see this is you know it's a great win-win scenario. Um, a great win-win scenario. Yeah, so there's another thought is if you have a bunch of brands together, um, in our case, we have 30,000. So if you have that many together, it creates an organism. And what my sort of dream is, uh, we keep saying sell more together, but um, I'd love them to actually help each other too. Mm-hmm. In every group, there's someone in the room that's really good at, at everything. So like there's someone in there who's just a Jedi at shipping, you know, mm-hmm. can you please help that help the rest? You know, with their shipping, can you please help the other people get better product photography? Um, because we can grow grow together if we do mm-hmm. that. And so that would be my ultimate dream for this collection of brands is they actually start to collaborate with each other. And yeah. um, the reason that's interesting is if you're on Amazon and Amazon turns on you, um, uh, then you know when you leave, what are you going to do? Are you going to buy every click from Facebook and Google? Um, you know, that's that just doesn't really work financially for you. So therefore, wouldn't it be killer if you could just join an organization or a group or an, mm-hmm. a, um, uh, like a federation of brands that are, are all working together? Um, that I think would be a really healthy entity. Um, mm-hmm. And I'd love to see you know, that occur. Has that started to happen already? 
A little bit, yes, but but not. We haven't. It's funny because I I've been I've been meeting with multiple companies to try to find a technical solution that allows people to communicate um, um, as a group well. Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying not to do is just have like Facebook groups or something like that, or a you know some feed that you just post to. Mm-hmm. I would like it to be. There was a thing that came out, Clubhouse. I'm sure you you, um, yeah, yeah, you yeah. probably yeah, tried it out at some point. Yeah. Clubhouse kind of showed that that it, it can work, but I would like it to be more so you can have um, time shifting. You know, so so effectively, uh, you know, someone could do a webinar or something like that, and other people could, you know, that arrive months later can still see it. So mm. that, but that's somehow got some self service, uh, um, you know. S- sort of uh, system to it so that we're not having to have a huge team of people to, to do this. So I'm trying to find like, who's, who's really the tip of the sphere on keeping this easy so that it doesn't turn into another company that we have to build um, mm-hmm. to do that. And, and so I've been doing that homework. Wow. That whole learning platform, just um, that, that intrigues me uh, massively at the moment. And like you, I've, I've been thinking a lot about that. Um, and how that can work generally and just the general shift and the general changes that I think you see in the whole educational sphere. So like um, simple things like, uh, you know, people doing online courses. I've done online courses. I've sold online courses. I don't know if you've got into that whole thing in the past, but um, part of me thinks that actually there's obviously still a lot of money to be made in online courses and doing that type of thing. But it looks to me like it's, it's sort of moving on. It's sort of evolving from that. And people are, People are sort of moving past the stage where they go, well, actually, I'm not really wanting to spend 2000 bucks. I'm just watching some guy on a video. Uh, I, I need to I need to have something else. Um, and, and 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 that I find quite interesting. So how you crack this particular nut, David, do let me know, because I'll be very, very intrigued. Uh, that's for sure. It's um, it's a whole fascinating thing for me. I, so I think the, I think of the game industry always. So how would the game industry make a training course? Um I can't tell you how many training courses that are out there because I'm into photography and lots of different mm-hmm. hobbies and I buy all the training courses and people are proud of the fact that like, I'm going to sell you 90 hours of training yeah, and like, I'm like, oh, I don't want 90 hours. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I, I have no interest in that. And so that would be my first suggestion is the thing that people are willing to pay for. They'd even pay more for is to learn faster. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was on the board of, of a high school and I, I, I had that conversation with a headmaster. Like in a way, you're teaching somebody math, but at what point are you, the teachers, getting together and saying, how can we teach it faster? Like, mm-hmm. so, you know, the, I call it time to aha. So time to go, I got it, right? I yeah, get it. I got yeah, it. I yeah. got it. Cool. I get it. And and uh, that's, so here's a new concept we're going to teach you today. What's the 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 fastest possible way to get a room full of people to go aha and and I think that's the future for online education is people actually putting that effort in to get all of the words and time and wasted nonsense mm-hmm. out and just get to the point just yeah. just tell me um, I think I think you'll you'll find that that that's compatible with where the world's going if you um, you know everyone with with teenagers sees how impatient they are now mm-hmm. and uh, you know they're like tapping like you know it's like give it give the computer a second it's like come on next 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 you see this with Instagram reels I mean just you know Instagram reels is blowing up as an organic way of social marketing it has been for the last few years you want to be successful in reels it's now you've got to do it under 15 seconds and most people are looking at seven and you're like well hang on a minute 
Last year it was 60 seconds and now it's seven. I've got to, do you know what I mean? And the whole thing is getting faster and faster and shorter and shorter in, in span. And uh, I, I, I can see that, you know. And so what's I, the I online training version of that? Yeah. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it from anybody yet. Even audiobooks. Oh, this is 36 hour audiobook. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, yeah. This is going to yeah. take forever. How, how do we do that? Yeah, how many yeah. times do I have to drive to Los Angeles just to hear this damn audiobook? It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and, uh, you know, <laughs> the, the answer is you once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, sit in the traffic 13 hours. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm the same way. I get in the car, I've got an audiobook, and I'm thinking, man, this is going to take four weeks to get through. Four yeah. weeks, you know, of my, I mean, my commute's only 20 minutes. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm slightly blessed in that area, but yeah, it's, it's, um, I, I see what you mean though. I, I do see what you mean about um, faster. And in some respects, that's, that's what you've done with, uh, with, with Caro, isn't it? You've, you in effect have got products easier and faster in the hands of people that can sell them and um, whether that's influencer or other sites. And when you can bring those two things together, convenience and speed, Everyone seems interested. Um, but the third thing that you've mentioned, uh, or the third thing that I've picked up, is this idea then of building a community, a sort of a community of people that can help each other along the way. And this is your dream and to see that. Um, and I, 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 I see that in the gaming industry. Um, every time I walk into my, you, you can't see it, but just down there is my uh, little, my little back cinema room at the house. And the kids are in there playing games but they don't like playing games alone. Um, they they want to do it with their friends now online. And so they there's that whole community aspect of it, isn't it? And it's like, how do I, how do I bring that into the whole fray? Uh, and, and so I, I, I just, that some, there are going to be some big shifts, some big changes, and I'm really curious to see what they are. And I think, um, yeah, I think you're right. I, I, community, yeah. community will be interesting. Speed will be interesting. Ease will be interesting. Yeah, it's funny because you watch kids watch other kids play video games, and you, I, I remember when that first that behavior first began. You know, it sounded mm -hmm. absurd, right? Wait, you're you're not playing the game; you're just watching someone else play the game. <laughs> mm -hmm. like, why would you ever do that? And and the reason is is because some people there's always incredibly talented people at everything, and that's yeah. that's my point, right? So mm -hmm. in reality, there's uh, you're you're getting stuck on level five. Well, just watch his video, fast forward to level five and see how he does it. And you're, and it's mm -hmm. like to you who've been struggling with level five and you just can't solve it. And, and then you see somebody do it. It's such a, a valuable moment to you as a gamer because the, the stress relief and the, 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 when I talk about aha moments, the aha is enormous, right? Oh, that's how you do it. And, and once you've done that once or twice, watching other people play video games becomes, you know, some it's it's a must a must have um mm. it's so valuable to see tactics and strategies and skill um and uh you know especially when you've played the game yourself and so it's it's kind of an interesting thing and so that's there's a theme there um again it's not that they just want to watch some see they're not just watching people play video games for hours and not playing themselves they're watching because they're really interested in this individual mm -hmm. how they play what they're playing how they're doing what they do mm -hmm. and the skill in which they're dealing with really difficult situations in real time and seeing how they handle it is fascinating. And so, yeah. um, you know, yeah. overall, I'm a big, big, big fan of education. So if anyone cracks this, um, I, I think they're going to be, in, it's going to be unbelievable. Um, the impact that they can have on, on mm -hmm. education 
And I just want to be clear, what I'm not suggesting is cliff notes. So I'm not saying take a book and create the cliff notes. It's, mm-hmm. it's not that at all. It's to try to think from the beginning. Like, can we get a hundred teachers together and find the fastest way to teach something? Yeah. So, because so, there's someone in that group that's really, really good at it, right? <laughs> really good, and, and the others really are all like, "Whoa, I've never thought theory. of it like that either." I, I never, I never taught it like that. I was doing it the old school way, and mm-hmm. then, and and then they, they realize that 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 if you do it that way, the download is is almost instant, and so. Imagine, um, I would have loved my schooling to, to, you know, for that to have occurred in the background. So I, I tried to explain it to the to the school in a different way because, of course, it sounds like work. And every yeah. time you pitch work, they're like, oh, "I don't want to do that because we're all too busy." So um, I said to them, "If a teacher leaves, you lose the IP of all the the years that they've been learning how to teach that subject at your school. If mm-hmm. you get everyone to work together as a hive mind and build." how you teach math that becomes the intellectual property of the school so when mm-hmm. a new teacher comes in they can they can teach this super efficient way mm-hmm. um, that actually adds value to your school at some point you could almost franchise the school if you had that um, yeah. and, and, and suddenly suddenly they start listening right now it's a more interesting conversation yeah. it's kind of fun but it's i think it's the ability to reframe it and think like that which a lot of people don't have um you know, they just see it. We're just going to get our heads down and get on with the daily grind. The ability just to go, hang on a minute. Um, here, here's a traditional route. These are the traditional problems. I can't just do the cliff notes because that just the fundamental issues are still there. And I'm, you know, so to take a step back, put your head above the parapet, look around and think outside the box and all the other cliches that we like to throw into this kind of thing. I think that is a skill which is actually very sadly lacking. Uh, despite the rhetoric of a lot of people saying, because it's very trendy, isn't it, to be an entrepreneur? I'm an entrepreneur. Um, But actually, I think an entrepreneurial, someone who is entrepreneurial has the ability to look at a situation in a very different way and see some incredible opportunities. Um, And that's not just, you know, an entrepreneur is not someone who's just going to go to AliExpress, buy baby blankets and put them on their website. It's just, it just isn't. Do you know what I mean? That's an opportunist. No, exactly. Uh, more than anything. Um, but to think about it and think about it differently, um, I think that's entrepreneurial. And I think that's something that I don't actually see a lot of in real life. For me, it would make me uh, jealous of what you do. So you're getting to talk to lots and lots and lots of different people with different ideas. And so that to me would be really attractive to, to just that, that continuous download of different perspectives. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I, I, I genuinely think that every, I don't care what industry everyone's in, they should be, they should set themselves up a podcast and go and talk to every week, just go and talk to someone from their, from their industry. Who's got a very different way of thinking and just build that knowledge up so much. So I've not said this out loud. I don't think um, we're planning our second pod. So we've got this podcast, the e-commerce podcast. I'm planning a second podcast, which I've, I've kind of got a name. I'm not quite sure I'm going to call it, David, but you'll definitely be invited to be on it because it's going to be talking about the other side of stuff, a bit like what we've done tonight. So we've not focused loads on e-commerce, but we've talked about some really interesting topics around life and business and learning, for example. And I find that that actually is deeply fascinating. And just to sit down with somebody and say, what was the biggest challenge you've ever faced? What do you think the biggest opportunity is at the moment? What really excites you? Um, As opposed to tell me four ways how I can increase my ROI, which is great. And it's essential if you want to do e-commerce, but I'm also interested in that other stuff. So we're going to do a second podcast and I'm going to get to pick the brains of some more very incredible people.
I mean, it, it's true. Like that, that, that marketing conference I went to, um, I found exactly that. And if you could, those are the kind of people that you're going to ultimately um, probably find interesting. So you'll get a guy said, he, he gave a really nice example. He said he goes into um, a Facebook group that he's not part of, but he wants to be important in the group. So how do you make yourself important in a group? And he said, well, what I do is I know nothing about the subject, like it's scuba diving. I know nothing about scuba diving, but I see everyone talking about scuba diving. And what I look for is what are they doing? Uh, what are they talking about that's, that's most interesting to them as a group? And so mm -hmm. he actually pulls all the keywords, creates tag clouds, looks to see, hmm, they seem to be talking a lot about going on diving vacations. Here's a list of the locations they talk about. The one they talk about the most is Mexico. The things they want to do when they go on these diving vacations, here's a list of all the things they talk mm -hmm. about. The number one right now is, sh is shark diving. So shark diving in Mexico, if you were to just look at all these conversations together, is the, mm -hmm. the trend. So he actually calls someone in Mexico that does shark diving tours does a zoom with him records it and then posts it to that group and the group goes wild <laughs> right the group is oh my god this is so interesting this is fascinating <laughs> that's brilliant yeah that's it's absolutely good. brilliant that's that's very very good customer research that's what that is yeah and so you could go in there and say i like scuba diving too good luck with getting important in the group right yeah uh, but you can the point is with a little bit of extra research and just thinking outside the box you can come in and become important almost immediately. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's that kind of stuff that I love to hear. I love to hear people that are actually doing things like, what are you mm -hmm. doing and how are you doing it um, is actually, you know, really interesting. And yeah, um, I think the, in our case, um, the, this idea of sell more together is causing, it, it's almost like an unlock saying to you creatively, um, okay, that's how you would, would have done it as your own brand. But how would you do it if you had access to other brands mm -hmm. in every dimension? So we're, we've worked on a recommendation system and you know, recommendation systems have been around forever. They look in, in the store and they just choose products that are similar or go with the thing that you're selling. So if I'm selling an electric toothbrush, it looks in the data and goes, hmm, what other electrical things do you have that go with that? You have an electric shaver? Boom, that's recommended. It's a terrible recommendation to go with an electric toothbrush. And mm -hmm. so um, we look, we're like, well, what could what could we do if it's sell more together? We have all of the the, the brands um, to look at. And so one of the brands installed in our network is Kendall Jenner's Munoral Care. And uh, mm -hmm. she, she makes everything to do with, uh, you know, toothpaste and everything else. If we take her toothpaste and put it with your electric toothbrush, that is actually going to be the highest thing yeah. that, that you could do. But mm -hmm. a brand wouldn't know that and they don't have access to even do that. Mm -hmm. So that's why um, building this network and getting everyone to work together starts to get really interesting because even recommendations become interesting. And so mm -hmm. now we have AI running on the data trying mm -hmm. to trying to learn um, every time there's a transaction. So it just gets better and better and better. But in the future, yeah. and here's the joke to this, in the future, what's going to occur, which is kind of going to be funny, is that the, uh, you're going to want to add a certain snowboard and it's going to go, are you sure? <laughs> so, And as an example, uh, Elon Musk says this about his car. So his ultimate goal was to try to make the car drive safer than a human. So people keep going, oh, but the, the self-driving isn't perfect, right? Yeah. Do you know how imperfect people's driving yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. Um, the cars are actually already better than human beings. 
And so as that continues to get better, let's do 10 more years, at some point, you're going to, if you touch the steering wheel, you're going to add error into the, into the system. You're literally creating a problem by touching the steering wheel. Um, and, you know, it will be funny in the future. It'll be like, please don't touch the steering wheel. <laughs> just let the car do it because <laughs> I want to get there. to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And, and so imagine that in e-commerce where yeah. the data is so, um, so accurate because everyone's collaborating that at some point it's like, you know, you know, if do you want, you can put that snowboard, you won't sell as much as if, if you were to do this, this, and this, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and to yeah, some yeah. extent, we can help augment their ability to choose. Like there, there's a there's a big um, uh, there was uh, I went through a very expensive mall, and one of the one of the stores, everything in the store was based on lemons. So I, I and I was like, oh my god, the buyers are gone crazy. <laughs> like they think lemons are in, so everything is lemon print, and uh, that's quite the risk to take, right? Uh, yeah. But given given data, we would actually know what would be the, the, the best things to go in the store this week. And um, and one of the things we did at one point, we were talking to a major retail store who were interested. And they said to us, can you suggest some brands we should work with? And we looked um, in the data to see what is the top selling stuff at that, at that week. And the top selling thing was leg makeup. And we all literally went, leg makeup? That's even a thing? Like, I didn't even know that was a thing. But... That's what the data allows you to, yeah, to yeah. see, right? And so people have yeah. never considered selling leg makeup. Well, you should be selling it this week. This is the hottest thing you can sell right now. Probably this, is, the, this some, is who can sell it for you. Yeah, this is who can do all the orders for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's because that someone probably on social media has been doing some posting that's caused a whole wave a of whole interest. Big, Sandra Bullock or somebody's talking yeah. about leg makeup, right? Yeah. Oh, David, listen. <clears throat> I've really, really enjoyed this conversation uh, and the different tangents that it's gone. Uh, so I, I, I really, I genuinely have, and it's been, it's been marvelous and fun. Um, if people want to connect with you, if they want to reach out with you, if they want to find out about more, more about Caro, for example, maybe they want to put it on their site, or maybe they're a brand and they want to get onto it. How do they do that? What's the best thing to do? Yeah, if you're a, a brand or an influencer. We're on Shopify, so just uh, go to the Shopify app store and you'll see Caro there. Or you can go to our website, getcaro, C-A-R-R-O.com. So get Caro. If you are going to install or going to use it, please reach out to us. Um, email us at hello at getcaro.com and talk and tell them about this podcast and they will they will give you super VIP treatment. So just make sure to reach out if you if mm-hmm. you um if you interact with us. Um, and yeah, it, it for influencers. Um, I think you know, there's about you know, if you start now, you're going to be ahead of the 99. percent And yeah. uh, and and so my recommendation would be to do that. And one one last tip is if 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 you're like, but I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to create a store. I don't know how to do any of this. Then there's a there's a page called experts.shopify.com. And there's actually people available that, that you can hire to do any piece of it that you want. I don't want to manage my store. Okay, somebody else will. I don't want to create my yeah. store. Somebody else will. Um, yeah. Whatever it is you need, but you can. That, that's the way to get started. Fantastic. Well, David, thank you. We'll put all the links uh, to that, to you, to the um, the Caro, and to the experts at Shopify. We'll put all those in the show notes as well. Um, but David, thank you so much. So there you have it. What a great conversation. 
Huge thanks to David for joining me today. Wasn't he great? Now, don't forget to check out our back catalogue, complete back catalogue. Just head over to ecommercepodcast.net, a revamped website. Yes, you can check that out. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from because we've got some great conversations lined up and you will not want to miss any of them. And in case no one has told you today, you, my friend, are awesome.